welcome back, welcome back. This is Joe, aka Joe the Wellness Curator, and this is the Obsidian Mindset Podcast, where we are redefining what wellness means to you. I am so excited to have another guest on, my friend Kayla, good friend. And Kayla is someone who has multiple passions in her life that we talk about. Between her career in product management, to a drive to see as much of the world as possible, and a lifelong love of gaming that has led to twitching, or twitch, (laughs) which has led to twitch streaming in her spare time. She continues to strive to find harmony and balance between each of these passions, and when she's lucky, she gets to combine traveling friends and gaming into one. And we actually talk about that a little bit in the interview, and we talk about how she finds wellness and balance in all three of her passions when it comes to technology, when it comes to travel, when it comes to gaming, and being a woman and and what wellness looks like in all three areas. We also talk about how her definition of wellness has evolved over the years and how she focuses more on what brings her joy and energy. And lastly, we get to talk about her diagnosis with ADHD and how that impacts her own wellness and how she, what tools she uses uh, to manage that. So I'm really excited for you guys to listen in and tune in. Um, You know the usual, if you have any questions, comments, anything, feel free to hit me up at joe at definedbyobsidian.com. And please tune in and enjoy the interview. Hello, 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 everyone. Hey, Kayla. Hey, we recording. What up? <laughs> Started with the bang. Um, how are you doing today? Thank you for coming on and talking about wellness with me. Anytime, Joe, anytime. As you know, from when I like randomly blow up your phone with text messages <laughs> or when I'm sitting in a hostel in Sydney and I'm like, hey, I know it's only 8 a.m. where you are, but like, I think I just realized I'm an extrovert. <laughs> stories for days, random, random <laughs> stories for days. <laughs> All right. So we're going to jump right into it. Um, and I would love to know, I always ask this the first question, um, to just tell me what your wellness story or journey is and whatever form that means to you. So I feel like wellness is something that I've struggled with through the years to define, right? Because it's like, you know, as a fat kid, it's just like, wait, right? Like, and you're like, oh, if I'm thin, I'm going to be well. And then like, you get older and you're like, nah, that ain't it. And so now like through the years, that's really evolved for me. So it's been like figuring out like what brings me joy, what brings me energy and really like discarding the things that don't do that. Right. As I, as I figure it out. And then when the things I, I do realize that bring me you know, that energy, that joy, that that feeling of like life is good, then, you know, continuing that, working that into my daily life and really just trying to like not feel miserable all the time. Like that's really it. That's a mood for 2021, especially after the 20, we were just talking about 2020 we had. Um, so uh, just to go off of that, what are some of the things that you realized did bring you joy? Yeah, let's start with that. Um, well, like uh, find, figuring out that I was an extrovert, right? <laughs> and so it's a thing where like I was an only child for like the first almost eight years of my life and I was always just alone. 
And so I thought, well, I like being alone. Like I never had a problem with it, right, as a kid. And then it wasn't until I was like almost 30 where I was like, wow, I just went from like spending four days hanging out with somebody like almost 24-7 and now I'm, I'm traveling and I'm alone. Why do I feel so horrible, right? Like, why do I feel depressed? Like, I, I'm happy to be here. You know, this is essentially like all the boxes were checked off, right? Like, I wasn't hungry. <laughs> I wasn't thirsty. I was doing something that I love. And yet I just felt so overwhelmingly depressed. And I was like, I was, remember, I was just sitting in, you know, the dorm room of the hostel alone in the dark feeling depressed. And then I was like, no, how many times are you going to be in Australia in your life? Which, spoiler alert, turns out to be a lot. But it was, <laughs> I was about to say, what? <laughs> it was my first trip there. Right. And so I was like, you know what? You got to like get out there and experience things. Like, don't let this, this feeling hold you back. Just go, like, go downstairs, write. I write a travel blog right, well, while I'm traveling. And so, I was like, I know I had to write my blog entry. Let me just go do that in the common room and see how I feel. And literally like five minutes after sitting in that common room, surrounded by all these different personalities, starting to talk to people, immediately I felt like a thousand percent better, right? I was just like, felt full of joy again. And I was happy and I was excited to be traveling. And then I texted you and I was like, I... I feel like this is my thing, <laughs> Family. but I, but I did not know that at all. Like I had no idea. That's amazing. So I, I so we'll stick on this route, especially since I can relate. Cause when I realized I was an introvert, that definitely changed a lot of things of just how I perceive things and how I interacted with the world. So my question to you is then when you found out you were an extrovert, how did that shift some of your tactics, some of your strategies to continue enjoying that or portraying that joy? I went out of my way to seek out the company of people moving forward after that, right? So, um, like, for example, it's a Friday night. And, you know, it's especially during COVID. Like, that was a prime example. You know, I'm a, I live alone. I'm not that far from my family, but still, like, I was all alone. And it was like, I can't go out and meet people, right? Like, I can't set up events or you know, go to networking things. And so I had to figure out different ways to connect with people. Mm -hmm. um, and I ended up playing video games all the time because, you know, that was, I have a group of people that I've been playing with for years now. I think like we're having, it's our eighth anniversary in September of playing together. And so it's uh, like, they became my rock right during COVID. And so essentially that's what I, I started doing once I had that realization is starting to not be lazy, not like, you know, be like, oh, I don't feel like putting on pants, you know, taking that effort and then being like, no, I know if I go out, if I go to this networking event where I don't know anybody, if I, you know, go to this con random concert, you know, setting up uh, dates to meet all my friends, right? And... <laughs> I ended up realizing all my friends are introverts. And so <laughs> I ended up like figuring out, okay, well, like how can I rotate through my friend group, right? So no one feels fatigue, but I still like 
get my energy right from being around people. Uh, so it was a lot of of pushing myself to continue to pursue the company of others instead of just reverting back to what I knew from the time I was a child, which was just like, all right, I'm by myself, whatever. I love that. And also, I love the fact that you're you're cognizant of others, <laughs> aka the introverts, and you try to rotate them. Sounds like a very considerate. Um, so I think just switch up a little gears. I would like to know. So we all have like multi, we all have multiple intersections of like our identity. So I'd love to know like what are you what do you consider your different identities, your multiple uh, intersectionalities, and how does that affect your wellness? Um, well, like my three great passions in life are my career, like I'm a product manager, and that absolutely fuels me. Um, I also love to travel, right? And I love to play video games like that. That's been my passion since I was like two years old. And so trying to blend the three of them together and like find this harmonious balance between them has been hard because it's like sometimes all I'll do is play video games. Right. And it's like, that's not healthy either. Or I'll get like two in the weeds at work. And it's like, you're no one's paying me enough to work more than like 30 or 40 hours a week. So why am I, you know, so hell bent on, on, you know, finding perfection at work or, you know, finishing a task early or something like that. And uh, even travel, right? Like I was banned from traveling at work for six months while we were working on a big project. Banned? Banned. Like I, I came back from that first trip to Australia. I was gone for three weeks. I did Australia, New Zealand, and Taiwan. And I came back. My boss, my C-level boss sat me down and he said, I hope you enjoyed your trip because we need you here for the next six months. I was like, yeah, sure. Like, of course. And I'm like, you know, I'm in. Like, why, why are you telling me this? He goes, no, you cannot take vacations for the next six months. And I was like, oh, my heart. And so I essentially spent six months planning and booking trips for after the, this big launch, <laughs> which uh, got me into trouble anyway financially because <laughs> I ended up like not really paying attention to the calendar so much and i ended up booking i think like like six or seven trips within two months and so every other week i was traveling which was great i loved it but my wallet did not (laughs) and so like i found myself in hawaii and i was just like looking at my bank account and versus my credit card statement and i was just like oh yeah we're in trouble we're in a little bit of trouble we gotta you know tighten that belt maybe like you know a little bit of ramen diet for like a week right uh and then we'll be back on track so so i'll come back to identity in a second but for travel how has it been during this time of the pandemic and travel and your wellness because i i do for me i do enjoy traveling and it has impacted my wellness of not going anywhere. So how does that impacted yours, your wellness overall on your being? Um, at first it was really depressing, right? And then that was also part of my like uh, 2020 journey was realizing that like 
you know, I talked about being really depressed while I was traveling. And I realized in 2020 that like this clinical depression that I was feeling and this constant anxiety wasn't actually depression and, and anxiety. It was ADHD. And, you know, figuring out, okay, well, how do I treat that? What does that look like? And, you know, how does that change my life moving forward? Which it has immensely. Um, but going through that phase of like, well, we can't go anywhere. We can't do anything. It was really, really hard. And um, especially my apartment is right in front of a hospital. And so like watching them bring in these refrigerator trucks and building what looked like bookshelves. And then I was like, those look a little too long to be bookshelves. Mm -hmm. And I didn't realize how it affected me until I was on a call with uh, a friend of ours from college that is now in, in England. And, you know, I'm talking to her about what's happening. And like, I showed her the refrigerator trucks out the window right on FaceTime. And then she said to me, she goes, that's so traumatic. To, like, I'm so sorry that you're going through that. And I was shocked because I was like, it doesn't feel traumatic like, like while you're in it, right? Like it didn't feel that traumatic to have to cancel all my trips and my plans for the next two years now, right? And, but when she said that, it just like clicked and I was like, oh my God, this is like, this is going to be emotional baggage that I carry with me now moving forward, right? Yeah. Like that, that scarcity of being able to escape where you are, and just the general, like, everybody around me is dying, you know? True. Yeah, I, I, the emotional trauma, um, I think we are all living in this age, in this 2020, 2021 pandemic. And I don't think we, a lot of us have not fully grasped how it will affect us going forward. Because we're still in it, kind of, mostly. Um, yeah. So definitely, definitely feel that. Uh, so... I want to touch a little bit about ADHD and how did that affect you, especially during like, so adding that on top of COVID, how does, and kind of learn, so in 2020, did you learn that you were diagnosed with that and how did that affect you on top of COVID? Yeah. So it was something I suspected that I had since I was maybe around 24, 25. And I had actually uh, seeked out a doctor to figure out, okay, how can I get diagnosed? How can I confirm that this is something I have? And at the time they told me like thousands of dollars to get tested and it's like weeks of work. And I was just like, I don't have that money. And it's not a big, that big of a deal. Right. And being in 2020, being alone, um, there was somebody had written like, no matter where you go, you are always there. Right. And with the idea being that, you know, whether I'm outside of the country or I'm stuck in my apartment, I'm always having you have to deal with yourself. Mm -hmm. And I think not having the distractions like I was unemployed, so I didn't have the distraction of work. I didn't have the distraction of travel. Um, I played video games, but it's like you only play at night when everybody's off of work. And so there were you know, 12 hours of the day where it's just me with myself. And I realized as I started to study for the GMAT and I realized that like, I couldn't remember things I just read, right? And all these, it seemed, it 
felt like being alone and being without all the outside distractions of the world just amplified everything. Mm-hmm. And so I actually, I saw an advertisement on Instagram from, a, you know, paid healthcare, mental health care provider. And I thought, you know what, what does it hurt? Like what, a hundred dollars just to figure it out, whether or not that this is a problem, uh, they also treated depression and, and anxiety. And I was like, I knew I had anxiety. I, my general practitioner uh, had diagnosed me with that. And he was just like, because he took my blood pressure and he goes, you, you're a little nervous. And I was like, well, kind of, yeah. I'm like, I just always feel this way. And he goes, yeah, I think you have anxiety. And I was just like, oh, I was 21 at the time. And I was like, oh, is that what that is? Is that why like, I'm always clenching my teeth and there's this constant weight on my chest and this just overwhelming feeling all the time. And I thought, okay, maybe I have anxiety, right? Uh, Like I knew it was something my general practitioner had said said that I probably have. So I was like, all right, they treat all three of these things. Let me see what they have to say. Uh, I got (laughs) about... 10 minutes into my consultation and the doctor goes, you have ADHD. And she was like, let's start you on Adderall and we'll see how it goes. And I was really nervous because I knew kids growing up that were on Adderall and watching them go through withdrawal on the days that they didn't, that they didn't take it for some reason, like either by accident or because their prescription ran out uh, it was something I watched my college classmates abuse, mm-hmm. right, in university. And the stories that they would tell after taking it, right, which just scared me off of it, like even trying it. And uh, it was a thing where I was just like, I was really nervous going into it. And I was like, if this is possibly a substance that I will have to take for the rest of my life, right? and I thought, you know, that's a big risk. I want to, especially you can't travel to a lot of countries with this medicine. You uh, can't get get it in some states. Like I was in Hawaii and they couldn't transfer my prescription. So I had to go without it for five days. Um, you can only get it 30 days at a time. It's, it's very like constrictive, right? And so entering into that relationship with the medication, I was very, very nervous. And I was just like, you know what? I thought, you know what? If this doesn't go well, like, you know, it's COVID, right? What am I doing with my life anyway? You know, I can spend a week figuring out if this is like start taking the medication, see how it goes. And if I don't like it, just go off of it, right? And, you know, spend another like, you know, three to five days in withdrawal, or it's possibly something that'll change my life for the better. And, uh, you know, I get the prescription, I read all the instructions, I read all the rules and everything. And I started taking it. And literally, the it was so enlightening. That very first day, I'll never forget that feeling of like, you know, I don't have I don't have that weight on my chest anymore, that anxiety, that constant anxiety. I didn't have this like, uh, I have a problem with executive dysfunction, right? Where it's like my room is a mess, not because I like living in a mess or because I'm a messy person, 
but because the idea of cleaning it is just so overwhelming that you can't, just can't, right? And it was like, I could remember things. I paid attention. I was in a work meeting that was boring and my phone was going off and I didn't even think twice about looking at my phone. Um, I was able to listen and actually understand what people were saying. That was another thing that had tipped me off. My uh, ear, nose, throat doctor. I went to him and I was like, uh, I have some tinnitus, right? So I was like, you know, it feels like it's getting worse. Like, can you examine me? I went for the hearing test and he was like, no, there's nothing wrong with you. He goes, actually, you have, he goes, this is the normal range of hearing. He goes, and you're over here. And I go, oh, is that bad? And he goes, no. He goes, you have what we call supersonic hearing. He goes, you can hear better than the average person, like much better than the average person. He goes, but you seem to have a problem processing what people are saying. And so, and I was like, that makes sense. Because when people talk, I would just like, you know, zone out or it felt like they were speaking in another language to me, even if it was English. And all of a sudden I didn't have that problem anymore, right? Like people talk and I know what they're saying immediately. It was, I literally sat here at my desk (laughs) and for a solid like minute, I just went, is this, is this how normal people feel? Like, is this how people experience the world? Because it was so different than all of my, my entire lifetime of experience before that. That's amazing. Wow. I've, I've, I've never heard that experience, so I appreciate you being vulnerable and sharing that. Yeah, it's uh, it's something that I feel like, you know, a lot of people talk about on TikTok, right? Like, that's how a lot of people figure out that they have ADHD. Um, but at the same time, like, I know people worry about the medication, right? Because, like, you don't know how it'll affect you. You don't know what the long-term effects are. Uh, for yourself but yeah right so um to now to go back to a little bit to the your your identity uh you mentioned the three things that you enjoy or that make up your life is travel work and gaming now i'm curious as someone that identifies as a woman in those three areas is very specific could be a little hard Or maybe not. You tell me. I feel like we had conversations already, so I already know the answer. But (laughs) feel free to enlighten me of just like, or maybe just pick a lane of the three. But being a woman in those areas, how does that affect you? And how do you feel like you maneuver in order to break some of these barriers and to to be you in these spaces? Yeah, being a woman in all three is the worst. Got it. That's... (laughs) it's I mean and also like you're just uh you're constantly in the minority right in regardless of the color of your skin or your socioeconomic background you are the minority there is no one (laughs) that is like you and trying to get people around you to understand like where you're coming from is very, it can be very difficult. Um, but at the same time, I'm very stubborn. I don't, I don't give in ever. Right. And so 
I think part of my attraction to each of those areas is that challenge, right, of trying to change the norms, trying to, like, go against the grain and be like, you know, I can be a woman and travel by myself. I can be a woman and an expert in my field in technology. I can be a woman and be great at a first-person shooter and kick ass and take names. <laughs> right? Like, I can, I can still be me and be all of those things that are, are spaces where typically it's just men. Mm-hmm. Right? And it's predominantly white men. Mm-hmm. And so even, like, streaming on Twitch is, like, it has its own things that come with it. I've heard Right, because it's like the women that you see that are like, very successful. Uh, they're what my brother has informed me <laughs> are called titty streamers. Right, the idea being, yeah, <laughs> yeah, the idea being that these women wear barely anything, and they they half of them don't even play video games, right? Or like they'll play just like casual games. Got it. And those are the people, the women that are, unfortunately, for the most part, dominating the space for my gender, right? Um, whereas on the other hand, like you have these like totally average dudes just crushing it because it's like, yeah, bro, we're gonna be like bros together, and it's a struggle, right? It is absolutely a struggle. It's gonna play and be and be a boss. Exactly. So I'm just like, even, uh, even as like, I play with friends of friends, right, who don't know me. And I play a lot of very competitive games. And so there's been at least a dozen instances where the, uh, the person I, that doesn't know me will be like, oh, well, you're using the wrong equipment in the game. Or uh, like, are you sure that you can like, Role with me because you know I'm a great player, right? And they have this ego, and it's all this oh, this whole idea of like, well, you're just a girl, right? Like you can't hang. And then I get in there, and I'm the one carrying the team and getting the W for us. And then all of a sudden they're quiet, and I'm just like, yeah, that's what I thought. Boom. Boom. Try me. Uh, okay, so this we're going to do, we're going to start wrapping up. But one thing I do, Obsidian likes to ask prompts, and it's called the dive deep, dive deep, yeah, dive deep questions. And what we do is I ask a first question, very chill, very cool. And then I ask the second one, it's a little bit deeper. You got to think a little harder. Don't you use that noggin, you know what I mean? So I'm going to have you pick a number between one and 25, and then I'll find a question for you. 15. That was urgent. You knew. That's my number. Got it. All right. Okay. Ready? Yes. Uh, If money was not an issue for you today, what what would you be doing or selling? I I would be start, I would be starting a nonprofit to help either help other women and people of color in the technology space or um, just like 
bringing general awareness to, like we've talked about this before, like companies, like rewarding companies that have good representation and publicly shaming the ones that don't. Yes. I love that. Uh, okay, so the dive deeper question. The next question is, what is one action today that you can do to get closer to that? Oh, that's hard. I, I'm a terrible person. I don't do anything to get closer to that. Terrible. <laughs> <laughs> like I have, I feel like I have ideas, right? Like I want to start a an online YouTube series for mm -hmm. teaching people how to be a good product manager yeah. and best practices. Um, but I haven't started, right? <laughs> and uh, which I'm gonna blame on the ADHD. Right? <laughs> like, let's be real. Uh, and I find that I found that recently I've started, I'm fairly active on like Reddit, mm -hmm. right? And I found that recently I've started like dropping, well, not dropping truth bombs, right? But correcting people, right? Like being that representative in this wide online space that is predominantly men once again. And kind of and being part of that that vocalization like one of the posts i saw earlier today was a woman who talked about how her partner uh who's a man um she complimented him and he said that he never got complimented right and so in the comments were all these men saying like yeah i wish people would compliment me more and i was like well for me i i like complimenting the men around me because they've never, they never received compliments, right? And something that I started doing at one of my jobs when I was in an office full of people, and I noticed that it created this wave of change where, you know, people, the men around me, because I'm in tech, so it is per, like 90% men, and at first they didn't know what to do. Right. They would just be like, what? Like a compliment? What is this? And then the more I did it, the more they like accepted it. And I found that they started doing it to each other. And it was this great, like positive impact across everybody. Um, and so I told that story because I was like, you know, you can compliment people platonically. It doesn't have to be, you know, as part of your relationship. It can be anybody. And I and through the years thanks to the influence of some of my friends that I've met along the way and, uh, you know, people from other cultures around the world, I, I compliment strangers all the time now. Like, I've stopped guys and girls on the street, and I'll be like, hey, I really like your shirt, or those are great shoes, or I love your hair, or, you know, anything. Trying to, like, bring that positive energy out there and be like, you know, we can just appreciate each other without like cutting each other down or, you know, saying it sarcastically or even just having it like have romantic intentions. It doesn't have to be that way. We can just appreciate everybody. I love that random act of kindness. It is, that is so curious. I, I know that I said that was going to be the last question, but I'm curious. <laughs> like, <laughs> why do you think that the, I, I have a assumption, but why do you think that the men were not used to compliments and what the what, what I, I honestly I think it's part of that whole toxic masculinity mm -hmm. of if I'm a young man let's say like of somewhere between 13 and 21 
that if for me to compliment another guy, it can be seen as a, as weakness or, you know, maybe they'll think I'm homosexual or, you know, it just is not considered manly, mm-hmm. right? Um, and people assume it has romantic connotations. Yeah. And it's like, it doesn't have to. Like, I could be like, yo, those are great pants, that's right? It. And that's it. It's just like cool pants, great fashion choice. You know, I see you in this world doing something like putting yourself out there, making bold choices and like, good on you. Thumbs up. I appreciate it. I love that. Cause you, and you, you never know. And even like someone that's gotten complimented and given compliment, you just never know what that'll do for someone. They could be having the shittiest day or they might've left that house thinking these pants are trash. I'm, yep. gonna, <laughs> I'm going to get flayed. People are going to make fun of me. And you just affirmed exactly what they need to hear. Wow. Yeah. Um, okay. So the real last question is what are some tools in your toolbox that uh, help you with your wellness journey that you want to share with the people listening? That's a tough one. Um, I would say, I don't know. I, I don't know if I know. Uh, you know, you could talk me through it. What do I, what do I consider wellness? I, I'd say that like, one of the things I did start doing recently, like over the last few months is um, one of the the symptoms of my neurologicalness is that uh, I used to just like pop off right for no reason and it wasn't always helpful um but it was something that like i couldn't really control either right and now i've tried to be more intentional with my words and so i like instead of just being like oh you're stupid like oh you idiot what are you doing that for or no you're wrong right like trying to stop myself from saying anything at first and then just like trying to approach it with positivity instead right like I see what you're doing like that's cool but have you tried it this way or um like today at work was a great example my team has been working on a bug for like three months and they haven't built anything else and I finally said to the engineering manager, like, enough. You, I get it. We want it to be good and work well and be perfect, but we do, don't have the time to dedicate this anymore. So perfect is not maybe something we can't achieve. We have to go for good enough mm. instead. And whereas normally I would have, like, if I hadn't, like, I caught myself in that moment today. Right. I was about to say, like, what are you doing? You like, this is stupid. You have no idea what's happening. I have to deal with a, a client that's going to be angry that we're spending more time on this. So cut the crap and get your shit together. Right. Like, that's what I wanted to say. But I was like, okay, 
that won't that will not create a positive outcome mm. right so and i find that now i want positive outcomes from those confrontational situations i don't want somebody shutting down i don't want them getting defensive i want them to see what i'm doing is trying to move things in the right direction and so instead i said okay why are we doing this? What is the purpose of this? Trying to understand, okay, why are we looking at this bug? What does this accomplish? And then finally I was like, okay, I get it that you want it to be perfect. Client doesn't care. I said, I don't care. I need you to move the team forward. Like we cannot afford to spend more time on this because we are running out of time. And you know, he did get a little defensive about it because he was like, oh, you know, I'm not having them spend a lot of time on it. Like, I'm only, I'm only asking them to spend three hours, whatever, right? And I said to him, that's like, I didn't know that. Thank you for telling me. But I'm telling you, like, this, our end goal does not include this. And so I need you to, you know, get on the same page as me and we got to move forward. Um, and he ended up sending me a message afterwards, and he was like, I love working with you. Good. And I was shocked because I expected him to be really upset at me, right? Because I basically said the same thing I wanted to say. But because I said it, like, with positive intentions, right, with, like, mm -hmm. that different energy, it created a better situation and... Hopefully, I'll let you know, but hopefully <laughs> that end goal is achieved because it just happened today. So, <laughs> I mean, tech sounds like it's a good uh, step forward. So at least the relationship wise. Yeah. That's the perfect. That was such a good tip. That was, see, you got tools in that toolbox. Oh, girl. <laughs> um, all right. And that's it. Oh, thank you so much for being on here and having this conversation. It was so exciting. We talked about so many things. Um, thank you so much. I appreciate you. Thanks, Joe. I appreciate you, too. Um, and for everyone listening, thank you again for listening and thank you for picking you today. Bye, y'all.